0: Hi, guys. Welcome to On Air with me, your host, Abigail Ratchford. Today is episode five, and it's called Why Men Love Bitches. Now, before you go off on a tangent, let me remind you or let me explain to you that bitch, in this sense, stands for babe in total control of herself. So we are going to get into... um, the mindset behind it some tips on how to be a bitch and there's a lot of books that have been written kind of about this whole idea one of them is actually called why men love bitches and the original one the og book i believe is called the rules that's from like the 80s maybe or the 70s and then it's been redone a couple times um And then I think some movies have been made about it and like kind of expanded on it. Um, Okay, so to begin, we are going to first start with the basics, um, which is the mindset. So mindset is everything. Just like in life, mindset is the basis and the foundation of where you will make all your decisions, where your actions spring from, all of that. So the key to the bitch mindset is abundance. You need to know that if things do not work out with this dream man, there are a million other guys who would be lucky to have a woman like you. Okay? So I think that the abundance mindset is something that we're always kind of taught in life in general like, oh, if you want to manifest this and if you want to manifest wealth and all this stuff, but it's sometimes it's hard to keep that abundance mindset when it comes to dating because we you know we appear to be this independent badass bad bitch but then when we get into a relationship we slowly kind of slip into like that wifey mode where we're playing house and we're cooking for him and you know catering to him and kind of making the man the center of our world of our world sometimes and I feel like that kind of helps um, or that kind of sometimes without us knowing, like puts us a little bit into like the scarcity mindset because we think, oh my God, this guy's perfect. He's my dream man. And we forget that there's, you know, plenty of fish in the sea. So we need to kind of keep that um, in the back of our heads. Like, you know, if it doesn't work out with this person, even though he is great, there's plenty of guys, there's millions of men that would be lucky to date a woman like me or you, whoever. So I feel like you know how when we first get into a relationship, like when you're in that talking stage and you are independent and you're still hanging out with your girlfriends and the guy is pursuing you and he's like in love with you, chasing you and then fast forward a year later and you're, you know, fully emerged in this relationship and you feel like he's maybe like taking you for granted a little bit and then say you guys break up what is the first thing that you do when you break up for me it would be like i want to focus on my goals i want to go to the gym i want to get in amazing shape i want to hang out with my girlfriends i want to do all these things that i've been putting off and putting on the back burner since i've been in this relationship and we always kind of have that list that we always go back to when we're heartbroken and we when we you know want to have like a comeback moment kind of that's That list should be something that you prioritize the entire relationship, not just at the end of it, not when it's over for you to be like, oh, this is my revenge body, my revenge, you know, tour, whatever. That should be something that you always do no matter what. Even if you get married, you should still have keeping like my dreams. Number one, spending time with my friends, having my own life outside of the relationship, Focusing on my health, my physical health, my mental health, my emotional, spiritual, all of that stuff should be number one because your relationship with whoever, whether it's friends, a guy, even family sometimes could be temporary. But the relationship that you have with yourself is lifelong and you have to look at yourself every single day in the mirror and you should be proud of the person looking back at you. So I just want to expand a little bit more on the original book. So (laughs) this book, the one that's called The Rules, um, I think it came out in like 1981 or something. But this book at the time was so controversial because all these women, especially women who are like feminists and stuff, are like, what is this backwards thinking? Like you shouldn't have all these rules and all of these things. Like you're pushing us back so far. Women should be independent. If a woman wants to make uh, a move on a guy first and like initiate date plans, she should be able to do that. And then it's kind of been proven over and over again that men and women are just wired differently. Like biologically, men are inclined to hunt. They want to chase. They want to pursue. And the more effort and energy that they have to put into a woman, the more that they will value her in the long run. So with that being said, there are a ton of... The book has like a lot of rules that are kind of like... Does this really need to happen where it's like, let him call three times before you pick up? Like that stuff is kind of a little bit too specific, but the whole basis is like, you should have this very, very full, exciting life. And he just adds to it. Like he adds like 5% to your already full, amazing, exciting, colorful life And with or without him, your life is going to be exactly the same, basically. In the initial stages, I feel like there's definitely some rules that I took from that book that I do implement, which is like never sleep with a guy in the first date. I don't care what, I mean, if if your plan and like what you are looking for is something casual or you're just on the rebound or you just want friends with benefits, then that's fine. But if you actually are looking for a relationship, you cannot sleep with a guy for at least four dates, I would say and definitely watch your alcohol consumption on dates because you never want to be out of control or you know end up doing things that you don't don't want to do so even what was that show that was on a couple of years ago the millionaire matchmaker with patty i don't know if you guys have ever seen it but patty stanger she kind of had the same rules cuz she would throw these mixers with these millionaire men and have all these girls that were like gorgeous And she said, you have a two drink maximum. And everyone's like, why? That's so stupid. And she's like, these are my rules. This has worked for me for so many years. I've, you know, matched so many people, all this stuff. And it's kind of true. Like if you drink, you're going to not act like the caliber and the quality of a woman that you want to act like, especially that early on, because I mean, it is kind of the first impression. So you want to be fun and, you know you don't want to be uptight, but you still want to be classy, composed, carry yourself well. You know, you don't want to be like crying at the end of the night, spilling your guts to this guy who you just met. And that's another thing too. Do not overshare. So do, in the book it says, do not be emotionally slutty, which I feel like sometimes we kind of want to expedite this bonding and this feeling of being like, you know, oh my God, it feels like we've known each other forever. I mean, I hear it all the time from my girlfriends. I've probably said it before where you're like, it's so weird. Like, I feel like I've known him forever. We could just talk about anything for hours, which is amazing. But like, the truth is you haven't known him forever. You've known him for a very short time. And if you just spill everything so early on and all this stuff, it's like, where is there to go from there? You know what I mean? So I feel like, It's better to, if you really want this relationship to kind of have a long shelf life, you need to just give away parts very sporadically and like let him ask the questions. Don't be just like emotionally dumping on him. No guy wants to feel like he's basically an unpaid therapist where you're talking about your exes and how you have the worst luck with men and this guy cheated on you. That's another staple of the book. Never, ever badmouth your ex. You don't want this guy to know that you've been cheated on, embarrassed, humiliated, because what does that say about you? You know what I mean? Not saying it's your fault, but just saying that maybe you didn't value yourself enough to walk away from these situations because you kept attracting it. So you never want to disclose that to somebody. You want him to think of you as this untouchable dream girl. Even if that has happened to you, you don't need to tell him. Just say, yeah, it didn't work out. He's a good guy. You know, we just wanted different things. Anyways, tell me more about you. Keep it classy. Because also, the guy might be thinking, oh my God, if she, you know, badmouths her ex like this, imagine if I ever did something. big, this girl's going to be like blasting me. So don't do that. Keep it light, fun, and classy at all times. I feel like I don't even know the last situation that I was in where I overshared, but I feel like... There's definitely one kind of situation that I know people overshare in quite often. And it's when a girl is freshly out of a long relationship and she's on the rebound. That's why for me, whenever I go through a breakup, I definitely like to be alone for a while, like just focus back on myself. And, you know, meeting somebody new is never my priority because if you're unhealed and you're just trying to replace your last person with a new temporary person, it's going to come off like as thirsty, desperate, you'll be, you know, spilling your guts, you'll be drinking too much. And then before you know it, you'll be emotional, missing your ex more. And then oversharing because you are just a mess emotionally and you haven't healed and you haven't done the work to navigate the breakup. So I think that that's also a thing is like, I mean, everybody kind of deals with breakups differently. And I think we talked about this on a separate episode, but for me, I would say go on like a man diet after your breakup for three months, say. It doesn't have to be forever. Three, six months, whatever. Focus completely on yourself. The guys will always be there. Don't you want to meet somebody when you are healed, confident again, you know, you realize like what lessons you learned from the breakup, and that's it, you're ready to open up and meet somebody new and you're not gonna be bombarding them with all these stories and trying to you know, share all these things with them right out the get-go because they'll, they'll sense it, I feel like. And then there's nowhere else for the relationship to grow if you just kind of do everything all at once. So, so there were also a couple other key points that I took from these books because I, f- I feel like in my last relationship, I really kind of, let's put it this way. I feel like after my last relationship was over, I reread this book because I was like, how do I, who's this extremely, I consider myself very, very independent. How do I go from being, you know, an alpha female, all this stuff, always valued my independence, always had my own place, always like the leader of all this stuff end up living with a guy who I'm not even married to after six months, moved down to San Diego, all of these things. And I was like, this is something, this isn't like a one-time thing. Hard to get is not a game you play in the beginning. Like hard to get is, it's a mindset. It's kind of like a, a characteristic that you need to adapt for your entire life. Even when you're married, even after, like if you decide to have kids, whatever, hard to get is basically just saying, I'm first, you're second, and either way, if you're not treating me the way that I deserve and the way that I expect, I walk out of this and I wish you the best. And I feel like that's kind of another key point that this book reiterates is like you can't use this book as like a psychology thing to you know get the guy and then you totally change and you end up you know heartbroken in a couple months. It really is a mindset that you need to adapt for life. Okay, so we pulled some questions from Instagram. I did a little prompt, um, I think like last week, and we picked the best ones. So we're going to get into those now. Have you ever dated a beta male? (laughs) You know what I have? Um, When I first moved to LA, I dated a guy who was, I would say, beta. And I feel like what that forces you to do because if you've ever read about, like, polarity, one person needs to kind of assume the alpha role. So if it's not the guy, the woman automatically kind of, like, steps up to the plate. And I feel like, for me, that's not natural. Like, I, I prefer the man to kind of lead and me to, I guess, maybe receive. I don't know if that's, like, the right word to use. But to let him be the man. You know what I mean? So um, I would not advise dating a beta male, unless you want to kind of be forced into the role of being the alpha, which if that's your thing, then all for it, Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let me see. Do you think relationships where the girl is more into the guy ever work? I don't. I think it's like a proven fact, or there's some kind of statistic that relationships are always more successful when the guy is more into the girl. And again, that just kind of goes back to the beginning of time. Men are just wired to chase. And whenever the woman is the one who's more invested and pursuing, it kind of just throws off like the whole balance of, I don't want to say power, but you know. I guess power and the woman becomes needy and clingy and then the guy is just like dying to get away from her and doesn't want to commit. And then you end up with like a girl who's been with a guy for five to 10 years with no ring on her finger. And then she starts giving him the ultimatum. You see it on TV all the time. So no, (laughs) um, what are some signs that your boundaries are being violated in a relationship? I feel like when you, you just, you just know that you are not performing as your highest self, when you're like, what am I doing? I feel like I'm, you know, compromising parts of myself to kind of just make this work. And you start to resent the other person. And I feel like that's kind of, you could just feel it. You could feel when it's time to either tighten up on your boundaries or just move on because you shouldn't have to force somebody to value you and to do things that are important to you. So do you think that arguments are normal in a relationship? And if so, how can you make sure that they don't become toxic? I do believe that arguments are normal depending on what you're arguing about. And also they shouldn't be constantly about the same things because then that shows that the people in the relationship aren't taking like aren't listening to their partner and what they want because if you same if you have to keep having the same conversation about the same things then somebody is just not listening somebody doesn't care and I feel like if you are arguing about things that are like healthy like you know I wish maybe you would be more romantic or surprise me with things blah blah blah, that's okay but if it's like You know why are you liking all these girls photos and why do you talk to your ex that's toxic that should never even be discussed maybe once in the beginning and just say that really bothers me i don't want you to do that and then it should be a wrap it should never happen again so that's when it becomes toxic okay so this kind of comes back to the point that you just need to understand men no matter what no matter which way you try to like spin it or say, no, it's not like this anymore, this is the year 2023, it's different, you're setting us back. Like I said, unless men and women somehow become biologically changed, like their genetic makeup, this is the way it will always be. Men, again, are wired to chase, pursue. Women are meant to be the prize. Whenever a woman starts putting in more work than the guy, it's automatically... A problem and once you kind of show that side of you it's hard to take it back it's hard to have a guy see you in a different light if you've already shown him that you'll chase him that you'll be the one that's you know surprising him that you're cooking for him and cleaning for him a guy does not want to date his mother or a maid it's nice to cook for him once in a while but that should be a privilege that he earns Like My mom always used to say, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? It's like a very old saying, and it's so true. Why give a man, number one, girlfriend privileges when you aren't his girlfriend yet? And number two, why give a man wife privileges when you're just his girlfriend? So it's like kind of understand the level that you should be operating at, and don't go any further than that because I feel like Women love a sense of stability, but men react to uncertainty like men react when they think that they might lose you And it's not even something that needs to be discussed like oh, do you know how many options I have or how many guys I could get Besides you if you're a high-value woman a man isn't stupid He knows that you don't need to try to rub it in his face or you know make him jealous he'll see it for himself and he'll wanna take you off the market and get you a ring or do these things. So I feel like men operate in that mode. They say, oh my God, she's this amazing woman and I can't imagine ever meeting anyone better than her and she's, you know, a woman. That's one thing that the book says, a woman unlike any other. And that's what you need to be, because you are a prize, there's only one of you. So never let him forget that. And I I feel like another thing is like men, treat you the way that you treat yourself and one thing that men don't like is feeling like they're pressured to do something that's why whenever you see again a woman who's in a relationship with a guy for x amount of years and she starts kind of giving like giving him the ultimate I'm like oh you know I'm about to be this age and I feel like we've been together for this long and stuff it's like and the guy's like what like you see him kind of dragging his feet to marry her but no guy wants to feel pressured or forced or given an ultimatum they want to feel inspired and you do that with your actions not your words so instead of being like you know if if we don't get engaged in the next year I'm gone I can't waste any of my time you shouldn't ever have to say that you should your actions will in your actions will inspire him to do what you are trying to get him to do and you do that by basically bringing value to yourself it's like drawing inwards you don't chase you attract so again you focus on your goals you become the best version of yourself and you stay the best version of yourself you have a full life you're busy you're killing it you're successful you're making money you're, you're doing all these things and he realizes oh my god I want to I want this woman to be my fiance and then my wife he does that without you ever having to tell him to do it by your actions not your words. I'm trying to think if there's any other key points that I got from the book that I need to stress or reiterate. I think one of the things that I've done myself, I've been guilty of this is like, (laughs) it says, unless there's a ring on your finger, do not ever post your man on social media. Um, I mean, you can post somebody, but don't tag him. Don't do this stuff because say you guys don't work out. I feel like that kind of increases his like street value to other girls. This is so weird, but it's so true because girls are extremely competitive. So if they see this guy that maybe they would have never considered or something and they're like, oh, she dated him and she has this amazing life. So he must be responsible for it. It's like his value goes up even higher, which is kind of weird. But I feel like it just, it relates to me and people that I know. So I'm gonna share it with you guys. Um, And also again, it's like, when you do post that, you're basically saying you're completely off the market. And for men subconsciously, they feel like a little sigh of relief because they're like, oh, well, she's, you know, like she's showing the world and all these other men that might be trying to pursue her that she's taken by me. So I have nothing to worry about. And you never want a guy to get too comfortable like that. So I would say, unless you're married, don't you don't need to like disclose who you're dating. Um, I'm trying to think what else, what else, what else. Don't act jealous, controlling, needy, clingy. Don't ask too much about his past or his exes or all that stuff. Like we all have a past. There's no need to, you know, dig up all of his former relationships and flings because it just makes you look like you're threatened or you're not confident in yourself. Um, I'm trying to think what else, what else? Don't buy him anything at all, ever. (laughs) 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 Maybe just for his birthday, that's it. But um, don't accept any last minute plans. You never want a guy to ask you to go out on a Friday, like for a Friday night on Friday morning. Because you have a million other options. And again, this is how you make a guy act the way you want with your actions, not your words. So if he hits you up on like a Friday, hey, what are you doing tonight? You want to get dinner? You're like, no, sorry, I already have plans. Maybe next weekend. In his mind, he learns, oh shit, I got to like stay on top of my game. This girl clearly has a million other things to do. I can't just surprise her at the last minute. And even if you don't have plans, just say that you do. You need to almost train men in the beginning. (laughs) It sounds weird, but again, like they're like a sponge in the first, I would say like three months, the first, the the beginning three months, they're very moldable. And that's how you need to, you need to almost train them (laughs) in the way that they have to treat you. And you do that again by your actions, never by your words, because you don't want to be like, it comes across as kind of, oh, she's clearly shook. She's upset. I didn't text her all day and now she's like mad at me. Whatever. He didn't text you all day. You don't even notice. You were too busy. Okay, guys. So um, the episode that's going to be after this is kind of expanding on this one a little bit. So this is not the end of this discussion. We have a lot more to cover, but today hopefully was enough of some good info for you guys to take away. And again, this is not like a psychological thing you're not trying trying to manipulate anyone this is a mindset that you need to kind of keep for the rest of your life if you want to have successful relationships and you know if you want the relationship of your dreams you don't want to be in situationships or with these fuck boys you want to be treated like the queen that you are so until next time see you guys bye